Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening. We are Cross Court Coverage. Uh, we are an NBA podcast covering all NBA news and topics uh, and a main focus on the best team in the league, the Boston Celtics. Uh, I am Marty the Meat Man. Uh, that's just that's just what it is. We're not going to get into the definition of it yet. Uh, and I'm joined by my <laughs> co-host, Grace Roberts. What up, Grace? Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm Grace Roberts. No nickname. Not like <laughs> Meat Man here. It can um, be changed. We'll, we we I, got plenty of time. <laughs> everybody else, everybody else seems to have a nickname. Grace is just short on its own. I don't know. Whatever. I'll get over it. I'm not pissed. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's plenty of time. Maybe a listener will come up with something. Maybe maybe someone Probably. at our wonderful company that we are with, uh, Primetime Productions, at Primetime Prods on Twitter. Uh, awesome company. Just, like, kicking off so many podcasts right now. Uh Plans to kick out sports articles, sports content, uh, all leagues, not team specific generally or only, I should say. Uh, but yeah, shout out Primetime for giving us, giving me. They already had Grace. They got Grace <laughs> over there for one of her uh, hockey pods. Uh, all goes no misses. Shout out to her pod for that and uh, give that a listen after you finish this one up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of cool ass dudes and girls over at primetime and i'm just blessed and very thankful to be part of it uh yeah the way they got a whole twitter that's gonna be pushing out their content uh i'm pretty sure they got a website in the works uh it's it's we got we got something going I'm just, I'm just hitching my, I'm, I'm on the wagon. I'm jumping on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, you know, me and Grace have our own backgrounds and uh, kind of got into basketball at different times. So I think that's a great way to like balance out. Like I'm from the early thousands. I started watching like KG as a baby and Paul Pierce as a baby and Ray right. Allen as a baby uh, when they all weren't on a team. Or on our team, I should say. Um, and then, Grace, you said, when did you get into the NBA? I probably got big into it in, like, 2015, maybe 20, 20, somewhere 2013 to 2015 I watched um, with my brother. And that was sort of how I uh, found my way into the into the NBA community. Originally, I was a Thunder fan when I first started okay. watching because it was at the time when, you know, when Kevin Durant won the MVP and it was – this monumental thing that LeBron hadn't won it and instead Kevin Durant did and then we sort of um from there on I, I fell in love with Russell Westbrook I know Marty and I have talked about we both have a, a an attachment to point guards who are underappreciated misunderstood so um obviously you'll hear that in the things that we talk about but yeah so that's sort of where I oh yeah come for from. sure that, that that range is my uh my strong suit just because that's uh when I was really first getting into it and I felt the need to learn everything and get everything together. But everybody who, who knows me knows that I'm a big uh, hockey person as well. I also do a hockey podcast, but basketball is is neck and neck for my, my favorite Yes, she sport, does. So. Hell yeah. Nice. I mean, I always say that hockey is my second favorite sport, but that's also because 
football and basketball are like my 1A, 1B, or you can call football like a religion at this point for me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't really consider it a favorite sport. It's a whole different, whole different ball game. But uh, we're here to talk about basketball. 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 That's what we got to talk this, about. Is that, what, basketball. is that what this is about? I think I think so. Cross court? Cross Coverage? court sounds like it. Cross court. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I feel bad for you actually a little bit that you started watching when it was only Golden State and the Cavs. <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. It was a weird the, time. The Celtics weird... were, were not great back then. No. Oh my God, no. And At maybe all. that's that's why I was not originally I mean, obviously my, my whole family was Celtics family, so we Okay. I should have been, you know, growing up I liked Celtics games and, you know, watching them with my family, but I wasn't really into it, into it. Um and so I feel like it's it's good that I've now migrated back to my to my roots, my New England roots. I mean, yeah, we're happy to have you here. Um OKC is a great team. Uh I really love what they're doing right now. I love what they were doing back then. Uh yeah. I have changed in the time and everything that has passed since loving Katie and Russell Westbrook still love Russ. I do. Katie's on my, Katie's on my shit list. (laughs) Nope. That's, that's the only sports Jersey I have ever burned. I burned a Kevin Durant Jersey. Oh damn. No, I never Mm -hmm. bought it, but I would have, if I had it, I promise you I would have, uh, shout out Katie for being a snake. Thanks for, you know, just totally flipping a whole bunch, a whole bunch of people's opinions on it. Um, I, I don't, how do you do that? How do you look at a team that, (laughs) that beats you three, one, you, you, you were up three, one, and then they came back and beat you. And you're like, I'm going there. I want to be on the team. (laughs) And like, for me, the, the story that I always sort of go back to is I'm very, a lot of like my opinions on sports in general, but especially in the NBA are very like story like driven and I think the Mm -hmm. biggest the thing that epitomizes the most is like this villain arc that KD took while LeBron sort of went in the opposite direction like if you can imagine this like you know it was during the time when when LeBron went from Miami back to Cleveland and he goes home (laughs) right and then suddenly this guy who had been so loved who everybody was so excited finally beat LeBron for the MVP uh suddenly becomes this like major villain and like is still to this day. And then he goes to the Nets, which the Nets are where you go if, <laughs> if you want people to hate you. So Or to ruin your career. <laughs> or to do that. Mm-hmm. Either way. Like, either way. Um, but, yeah, no, I always – I agree. I like the storylines of the NBA. I like that, you know, I've been up, down, all around with my opinions on LeBron. But at the end of the day, yeah. he is – debatably one of the goats it's either him or jordan Mm -hmm. you that's just a matter of opinion you can have that conversation all day i'm not gonna do it um but he went home he wanted to be the guy ended up doing cleveland this is for you i mean he battled it out with all them uh but yeah katie went the dirty route the easy route for how many people feel that way and i feel that way uh and it kind of tarnished the legacy the storyline whatever a hundred percent and it made me kind of like love OKC even more because they got screwed out of that. They were just like, yeah. oh, our franchise guy is gone and he beat, joined the guy that beat us. And now we're rebuilding forever. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm glad I'm glad they're on the way up. Um, yeah. 
at least now. And I mean, that's that's a great way to segue into the Celtics because the Celtics were down in the dumps back then. I can't even name you. I think we were starting Jonas Jabeco and it, <laughs> like Jared no. Wallace. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. It was insane back then. Yeah, I felt bad. I always loved that. Like in that era, we had Brad as coach and I yeah. always liked him as a coach. I always like liked his basketball mind, uh, mm-hmm. but the inmates were running the asylum. Like he was just trying to do whatever he could with what Danny Ainge was like telling him. And he's like, we got all these draft picks and we're going to find the guys. And he's like, yeah, but I'm the guy that has to go stand on the, the hardwood and listen to the fans boo. And we're right. getting dunked on by Orlando or some other bad franchise yeah. who's never been good. No, that's it's so true. I think that's like been the one of the weirdest, most interesting Celtic stories is sort of that come up of Brad Stevens starting, you know, as the bench boss. And and it's been so amazing to sort of see that development um, all the way through to now when they are this powerhouse, even with it. Now we're two coaches past, but yeah, for sure. Well, let's not even talk about email. <laughs> I, yeah, you could get me. That was like my, I I always say that like when, when that, when like the news about Ime broke, that's always, I think in Celtics fans minds, like you remember where you were, you remember what you were doing when you saw that tweet. I was sitting in my law school class and my friend turns around and goes, did you see about Ime? And I'm like, no. And I will remember that forever. It's, it's a moment that will live in infamy for all infamy for all Celtics fans. For sure. No, I was at. Uh, my job and I did my old coworker who's still one of my good buddies. Uh, we literally came back from like, I think lunch and we were talking about how we love, cause the off se- that off- last off season was a little wild too. And we were talking yeah. about how we love that the NBA is a grown man soap opera and it is. And then yep. we both sit in our cubes and at the same time we yell out email. <laughs> we yep. just conversed about it for like hours. And it's just like, I, that's where I'll leave it. I mean, I got wait. To, good luck in Houston, Ime. Uh, yes. You're you're yeah. on the shit list with KD. So yep. true, <laughs> true. But back to the actual Celtics, and back to Brad, and back to what we got going on, and now the come up and everything. Um, I always had a feeling with Brad, and I think this actually does play into Ime a little bit too. Brad, while he was a fine coach, and he you know had the awful hand that he was dealt with the teams that he had to run out there and try and build up. Um, Danny Ainge did the right thing by getting those draft picks for Paul Pierce and KG. And that broke little my, that my little heart when I was a child watching that. Uh, I remember that. And that was right. That was <laughs> right, when, right when the Nets moved back to Brooklyn. And so it was yep. like a, a it was whole a new showstopper era. move. Yep. yep. They're like, we're getting Jason Terry, we're getting KG, we're getting Paul yep. Pierce, we're going to be the best franchise ever. Welcome to no, Brooklyn, Jay-Z loves us. No, they were not. <laughs> no, they were not. <laughs> and because and they, because they were not, we got great draft picks. Yep. Uh, and that turned into our boy Marcus Smart, which we'll get into that. Oh, yeah, we will. Uh, our boy Jalen Brown, which another topic we will get into. And then my current favorite player, Jason Tatum. Uh I, Danny pulled it off. I don't know how or why or who spoke to him in the cosmos to say, yeah. do this, but it worked. Yes, um, it did. And then 
and then he left. And then Danny was like, you know what? I'm I did what I had to do as a GM. I built this team. I'm giving the keys to the coach that I screwed over for so many years. <laughs> right, exactly. Here you go. Here you go, Brad. Here's the team. Now I it's yours. You. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I, I love Brad as a GM. I think that that was yeah. the right move. I think that the way that he always coached and was like a player-friendly guy and everything like that doesn't necessarily work on the hardwood. But when you're making the deals, when you're trying to get guys to come in, it works like a charm. I mean, mm-hmm. ev- all every signing and every draft pick that I've seen, and Brad is, they cut to Brad, he's grinning ear to ear. Like, he's the happiest guy for this kid to either join the team or stay on the team. And I'm like, all right, Brad, this is where you were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. Uh, but with that, uh, I think we should start really going into it with uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, number 36, love and trust is you know, no longer. <laughs> did you, did you notice? I just realized this tough off season for Boston fans losing two oh, yeah. major leaders, numbers 36 and 37. Back to back. It was, that back was planned. They knew it. <laughs> they did. They're like, Oh, 36 and 37. Well, one of you guys is going to retire. And then one of you is going to go play basketball in Tennessee. Have fun. There you go. <laughs> um, but yes, Marcus Smart was traded. Uh, he was packaged with Mike Muscala. I could care a little, really care less. He had one game where he got to the team, balled out, and then yep. really was nothing for us. Um, and Danio, who I wanted so badly to play for us, but you know, know, went to Italy, messed up his knee, and now he's a wizard. So whatever. Yep. But in that trade, we lose Marcus Smart, and we get Kristaps Porzingis, and yes. a whole bunch of second round picks, which we have way too many of. But hopefully, there's something cooking. But who knows? Could be. Yep. Uh, I think we should start with the pain, and then try and find some good in the in the in the gain. But uh, I'm currently wearing my Smart jersey. I bought this after he left the team because I hurt so bad that I was like, I yeah. needed. I don't know why I didn't have this. I need this. Yep. You're with me forever. I'm looking yeah. over at my two boxes of Wicked Smarts. Like, yeah, the guy was, and I think you said this best. He was a great player, but even a better teammate. Like yep. even a better guy for the team for the city for everything uh he just he loved boston and boston loved him yeah but yeah but some but somewhere some way brad was like we have to shake it up Mm -hmm. and i don't i get it uh we've been to the eastern conference finals i think seven times in like the last no, not that many. Six times yeah. in like the last however many years. But I, I, I was at a loss for words that day. <laughs> yeah. I, well, also because it, not only was it so abrupt, but it felt so set in stone that it was going to be Brogdon going. It felt, yes. and in, in fact, the moment I, I, there, the tweet is still there. I could find it in which I said, uh, when you like, you're not. Everybody was pissed about Brogdon leaving, and I was like, oh, when when you know, 
when everybody's worried about Brogdon leaving, but your favorite player is Marcus Smart, so you know that you're fine. And clearly right. <laughs> that backfired. Um, yeah, so I think that like also added to this, this, like I remember waking up, grabbing my phone, seeing it, and like honestly not really processing it because I was so confident in what was going to happen. Um, and and But, you know, at the same time, I get why a team would want Marcus Smart, especially a team oh, like yeah. the Grizzlies that are oh, young. Major, say, major gain for the Grizzlies. Yes, absolutely. And, and no discredit to, to Steven Adams, who I think has been a great leader on the team. And, you know, back to for my sure. OKC yeah. roots. Um, but I think that, you know, Brad, I do trust Brad Stevens. I do. But Marcus Smart, he was my favorite Celtic. And so I think that it was just uh, especially devastating for a, a fan who felt like, you know, we all watched him sort of grow up. There were so many expectations about him, especially I think everybody just notoriously remembers in college him shoving that fan. So everybody's yep. like, oh, he's a, he's a liability. You don't really he's know. A he's a problem. Like, he's right, too rough he's, around the edges. 100%. And then for him to come here and then immediately grow into this leader, just it's so meaningful. And so it hurt that much more to to watch him leave. And I, I you know, it, it's devastating. Yeah. It was devastating. No, I mean, just going off of that, like he got to the team. They weren't good. He was, you know, an underappreciated prospect. Uh, and he was a dog like he had like, yeah, he pushed the heat, that whole fan thing, ugly, but, you know, live and learn. And, you know, I think Brad and Danny saw something in the kid and obviously it panned out uh, yep. a defensive powerhouse uh, at the end of the day, a great guy, a good leader. He yep. the worst part about it is that now it we say they're grown up, but JB and JT are still very young, which yeah. thank that's awesome but he was there for nine years and yeah. jb was drafted after him and jt was drafted after that and he was like it's us three we're doing this right. i'm gonna i'm gonna show you the ropes i'm gonna you know be there for you i'll be the fall guy like he took so much back and like the good the bad the ugly marcus smart just sit there like would sit there and be like this is our team we're gonna do it it's fine yeah. everything's good uh, and now the keys are either in JB or JT's hands. I don't really know who has to step up as the leader just yet. Probably JT, but yeah, it might be a Batman Robin or a, well, no more equal than that, but right. <laughs> Cause they never want to be called Batman and Robin and we don't want to talk about splitting up the J's. So no, it ain't happening. No, we do not. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that specific day i would same thing like i the whole day i thought it was brogdon and then i watched it fall apart i was like live updating twitter just like shams and uh woj just constantly like every tweet i'm like oh it fell through with the clippers we're not gonna get kp oh this sucks oh it's back on with the clippers and this was at like 11 30 at night where it fell apart and there was a half hour left before the deadline for his uh for his uh player option and he was like i'm not signing this player option to play with the wizards again if you trade me to boston i'll sign it so last ditch effort last minute trade thank you clippers for not finding a doctor in time to do a physical 
Yep. Real, real great on your part. Yep. Uh, we lost Marcus Smart because of you. We still have Brogdon, and I'm fine with that. I do like mm-hmm. Brogdon, but it it just hurt way more to lose Marcus than it, than it would have ever for me to. We had Brogdon for a year. He's a great player. He was sixth man of the year, but you could have sold him high on that. It's just his arm got messed up in the playoffs, and L.A. was being L.A. It's always fuck L.A., even if it's not always. the Lakers. It's, it's yeah. forever and always fuck L.A. at this point. True. Um, but at the end of the day, we get KP. We get Christos Porzingis, another guy who was booed, was an underrated prospect, uh, you know, really came into the league with no one knowing what to expect. And then he turned into the unicorn and kind of just showed all those New York fans like, hey, idiots, you scored big. Um, And yeah, he's had injury problems. He's been around the league a little bit. He went with the Mavs. He's been on the Wizards. But last year was his best, his career year, basically. Right. Um, Put up career numbers. I think he literally upped his uh, assists, rebounds, and points per game, like, all of that last year so like awesome so i'm sitting here wondering what that means for us if we get a healthy kp that could be great if we if he's if he's injury prone like he normally is that's not so great um i know you have a you're you're a little lower than i am on him so i definitely want to hear what you have to say about it (laughs) yeah i I, again, just trying my best to put aside the bias of, like, it felt like when you're losing Marcus Smart, to me... Nothing's going to feel that. (laughs) Nothing was going to replace that. And obviously, KP, you know, we're we're talking completely different players and... and Right, positions and everything like that. What they bring to a team. And so I, I do think that, you know, no discredit to the big men on our team... I think, though, that that we saw exposed a lack of depth and strength. And obviously, I mean, with, you know, you're talking Robert Williams III, we already had some injury issues happening. So I right. guess that's my fear is that this is just going to be another injury-prone player that we're throwing into our mix of demon, big men, and suddenly our our defense falls apart, especially now that we've just lost Right. Our, you know, and cornerstone and, uh, of defense. Right, and and you know, Porzingis is not particularly known for his defense, but at the same time, you're still looking for you know strength and height at the rim. But I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to go into it with an open mind because I want to believe that this. Because we're so close, and we know we've been so we're close. Right. We've, we've been right there. That's the problem. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that that's, there's a possibility that this could get us over the edge. So I'm being hopeful, being optimistic. Um, but, yeah, I know you're, you're uh, with me that it was hard to replace Marcus Smart. So what do you think about, you know, where do you see this taking us if all goes well? So I think that this really plays into Missoula ball. And I think Mm -hmm. that he and Brad had a conversation being like, 
look, if we lose Marcus or if we lose Brogdon or whoever it was, they talked about everyone. They had to. Um, you know, what does the team look like? What happens? If we get Christos Porzingis, how does that help? How does that hurt? And I agree. The the big man last year, I love Al Horford. I love Rob. Uh, one's injury prone. One's old as hell. Love you, Al, but you're you're old, buddy. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so he's he takes every other game off for quote unquote back issues. He's just tired. He's um, just tired and old. <laughs> and we and we and we shuffle in an injury prone guy. So uh, in 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 the best way possible of thinking about it, maybe if either one of them get hurt, Rob or Al or Kristaps, it's all at different timelines. Like if, if they're bound to get hurt this season, I'm hoping they do not overlap because right. then we're just back in the same issue that we had last year with no depth. And that's a big problem. If everyone's healthy, if Al's three pointers falling, like it's supposed to, I think right. that this is what is supposed to push us over the edge. I mean, adding Chris Stubbs, who is crazy good at three pointers for a big man. He is the unicorn. Right. Um, you know, it spaces out the floor for, JT and JB, they don't have to be so much worrying about taking the ball up. You can let Derek White be a true point guard. You have Brogdon coming off the bench who can be a true point guard. Just find your spot, find your lane, make your runs. Like It's going to open up the offense a lot more. And my God, does Joe Mazzulla love a three ball? So (laughs) live and die by the three was it last year. And it hurt. It hurt because I love the big man. I love right. a I love a bump and grind in the paint kind of game, but we're going further and further away from that, and Missoula's fully embracing it. Yep. Uh, so I really think that if healthy, and that's the, there's there's the asterisk next to KP, if healthy, this this could be the thing that puts us over the edge, and the edge for us uh, has been the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's a pretty good edge to be on. Uh, so if it puts us over the edge, that means Eastern Conference champions. And right. if it puts us further than that, it means Banner 18 going up in the rafters. And I'm all for that. But uh, you, you, you're right. We lose defense uh, a little bit in getting KP. But I do think starter D. White is going to be crazy good. I think that that's something that a lot of people are sleeping on. He led the league in blocks as a guard with like 80 something, 83, I think. Yeah. Um, which is just hustle, which is just, you know, that's what we want out of our guys. And that's what Marcus brought. And if someone else can, you know, have that fire lit up underneath their ass and just be that guy. I think Marcus had a couple conversations and leaving being like, hey, someone's got to grind it out. Someone's got to right. go hard. Someone's got to take the hard fouls. Someone's got to chirp if you got to chirp. Uh, yeah, I mean, like. I think it, I think the KP move can do it. I, I'm probably going to be wrong because, you know, takes are always <laughs> that's just how they go. They blow up right in your face. Of course. But I think a healthy KP could be what puts us over the edge. And also, no, no you go. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong about this move. I want. I want to eat my words i'm saying it now i hope that i'm wrong so and i mean just back into the missoula ball thing because it just popped in my head uh one of my buddies he's actually a sixers fan 
it's a strange friendship, but whatever. We talk basketball all the time. Um, there you go. He said he loved Marcus Smart because he forced himself to be a three point shooter in the sense that Marcus Smart would chuck up threes and yep. they at the beginning of his career did not go in, but he just yep. kept on shooting. And by the end of his time with the Celtics, was hitting, you know, like four, five, maybe a game. Yeah. Tops. Uh, yep. But. KP is a lot more effective at the three-point line, and Missoula loves the three-point line. And I don't know. I think that we give up a little bit of defense. We go all out on offense uh, to tie it into hockey. We're gonna we're gonna be like the the leaves or the Leafs. Leafs we're just gonna yeah. be all offense. <laughs> yes, 100%. all offense. Very little defense. High-scoring games. It'll be fun. It will be fun. At the end of the day, no matter what, there's going to be a lot of scores and a lot of highlights. Correct. I'm all for it. (laughs) This is true. But I guess, you know, we've talked about KP. We've talked about Mark. Uh, Let's dive into Mark a little bit more and look at it from the other perspective. Like you said, the Grizzlies are a really young team and they needed that guidance. And Steve Adams, great guy. Great defensive mind, great player, uh, good human. To pair him with Marcus Smart and all those young guys, wild. I think that that is a one-two punch of leadership that, you know, hasn't been seen in, in like, in tandem, in combination with such a young core that they have. I also think that, you know, Marcus is going to play a key role in one filling in for Ja while he's suspended but also teaching Ja to wise up and, you know, not be such a clown on his free time. And yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to get into the Ja thing right now, but I am just going to talk about it from the Marcus perspective. And Marcus is no bullshit. And I think he'll have a conversation with Ja and be like, look, dude, you're on my team. I'm on your team. It's our team. It's not mine. It's not yours. You can be as flashy and as superstar as you want, but at the end of the day, I want W's because that's who Marcus Smart is. Yeah. And it's like, we can't get W's if you get suspended. (laughs) Right. And that's, I think that that's exactly what is going to be so meaningful and important with Marcus Smart being in Memphis is that he is so devoted to winning and all the things he does, his no bullshit attitude, his, you know, sometimes brash, um, always blunt, but always doing it for the team. And I think that yeah. that is what, because John Morant is such a talented, talented kid. Insanely. But, but he seems to be missing that, you know, that what is he's, what he's doing and what's happening outside of the game of basketball is hurting his team as much as if he went out there and just started sucking on the court. And so there seems to be a disconnect with, like, understanding how his actions are now impacting his whole team. So I think that Marcus brings that emphasis on your behavior, the character that you have. It impacts how you play and how the people around you play. For sure. So there's that. That's the positive spin I think we have to look at it as is that we had him for nine beautiful, magnificent years. There's a team out there that needs him. And I'm hoping that he can, he can give them the turnaround that they need. Yeah, no, that's kind of like 
that is how I've come to terms with it is that we lost market smart and God does it hurt, but it is, it's his time to kind of be the mentor for someone else. Like, I think we've talked about that before, but uh, you know, like we said, he's, he was the leader for JT and JB and now they're quote unquote grownups. I say right. that because they're, they're way younger than I am. <laughs> that That's, uh, yeah. but it is now their team. And, you know, Brad saw it. And I think Marcus probably saw the writing on the wall too. And this is honestly one of the best situations for him to go to. Uh, it's not like we screwed him over and sent him to a team in last place. We, we sent him to a playoff contender. Uh, we sent him to a team with, Crazy good talent. Uh, the guys are crazy young. And and with Steve Adams, I mean, like, those guys, like, to have Steve Adams and Marcus Smart being your defensive core, that is awesome. Like, everything yeah. that you quote-unquote lost by Dylan Brooks moving on, it's replaced and upped so much yeah. by Marcus Smart showing up. Yeah, like, 100%. Dylan who is what everyone in Memphis is saying. And I, and I love it. Memphis is fully embracing him. Uh at the end of the day, it's a it. I don't like it, but it's a quote unquote win win situation, right? It except for everyone in Boston whose heart got broken. <laughs> Correct. But at the end, maybe maybe when Banner eighteen goes up because we got KP, our our hearts will be a little more sewn together. <laughs> right. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> or it could all blow up in our face, and then. I, we, riots in the streets, very possible. <laughs> yep. People calling for both Brad and Missoula's heads, very possible. Could be. Um, but we're not going there. We're, we're looking up. We're looking to the positive. Uh, you know, we have, like I said, the two leaders, JT and JB. And that's how I'm going to transition into the next big topic is that Jalen Brown, uh, the ever elusive contract. It felt like it took forever for his extension to come through. Uh, he was all NBA last year, and that means he could get a supermax deal. And the season ended, and it did not end on a high note for Jalen, unfortunately. But I love him. I I'm not one of those people who have recency bias and can be like, oh, he can't go left. It's like, all right, we're really going to just hang our hats on game seven uh, of Miami when we were down three, nothing like, come on, we almost right. did it. You have to look at it as we were there. We almost got there. JT had an awful injury, uh, but JP signed the I'm looking up the exact number, but JP signed the most expensive deal in NBA history, which yep. will be overshadowed in a year or two. Sure. But for now, <laughs> yeah. For now, massive uh, amount of money. Massive. And, just... you know, I've definitely been at fault of the, the JB recency bias. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've definitely, you can all dig into my tweets and hold them up to my <laughs> face and say, look what you were saying during Game 7 about Jalen Brown. But I do love him, and I love having him on our team. And I think that he and Jason Tatum are just a tandem for the ages. I'm even trying to think of, you know, a comparison. Like, maybe back, it kind of reminds me of years ago now, like the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, these two. Oh, yeah. This tandem that, that 
sort of suddenly they both were on the rise immediately and and had historic fire know. and ice right exactly and so I, I think that <laughs> I I know that they are both more valuable together so I'm I am despite what I may have said in moments of anger I am glad that we have him and that he's sticking around no I mean it's totally fair I I haven't dragged his name I, I try to do my best to not drag anyone on our team's names but you know sometimes it comes out but jb i have been good to jb i have trusted uh it's funny actually brett shout out brett howard from uh only bruins uh that's how me and him met he came into celtics twitter for about three days yeah uh and watched game seven and was like Oh, let me just get on Twitter and say some stuff and not realize that I'm from the Bruins community and I'm jumping onto uh, Celtics Twitter. And he's like, so, we should trade Jalen Brown. <laughs> okay, so in in Brett's defense, and he and I, we were just talking about this the other day, that he really started watching and getting into the Celtics because I was tweeting these tweets. I was tweeting about the games as I was watching them. So okay. <laughs> I am sure that seeing my tweets probably influenced his early opinions of JB. But I am hoping that, you know, now that I I'll take him under my wing. <laughs> yes, it, there you go. That's what he needs. He just needs a better influence. Um, but so no, that I, could he, explain it. He shot that tweet out and then he was like, yo, man, why are so many people? And I was like, you don't understand how much of a heated conversation this is. That's yes. like saying, like, we should trade Brad Marchand. Like, you, you don't right. do that. You don't do that. <laughs> you are going yes. to light a fire all over Twitter. Um, but shout out to Brett. Shout out to Only Ruins. Uh, it was just so funny for him to just pop up. And then, you know, a friendship came out of it. So there you go. I had to be like, hey, man, like, if you want to watch the Celtics or you want to talk about the Celtics, like, maybe clear some things with some people who know what's going on. <laughs> it's true. But maybe He's not like, me. Yeah, maybe I wa- not me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I watched for, like, three days, said that, and then I was like, oh, I'm out. And I was like, yeah, yeah well, yeah, <laughs> you got chased out of town. Uh, 100%. But I just pulled up the numbers just because it's astronomical. Five years, $304 million. Um I'm pretty sure a good amount of it's guaranteed and a whole bunch of people. One of the, the worst takes that I'm hating is that a whole bunch of people are like, Oh, in year four and five, it's going to be detrimental to the cap and to every, I mean, I'm like, I, that's how salary caps work. And that's how contracts right. work is that they are backloaded. Uh, one for the option of like, you know, shopping them around or, restructuring the contract or whatever it may be but to be afraid that jalen brown isn't going to be worth the money in five years is crazy to me he is a baby essentially like he hasn't even crested uh how old is he dude is 25 i was gonna say 25 might be turning 26 this year but either way like I would love to keep like everyone was like, oh, and we'll get to Mr. Dame Lillard later. But everyone was like, oh, we should give up Jalen Brown to get Dame Lillard. And I'm like, why would you take a 25 year old and trade him for a 33 year old who's going to have the same cap hit and everything like that? I'll take the 25 year old for five years, please. Yeah. 100 (laughs) percent. And to pair him with our also young. 
24 year old only 19 year old technically jason tatum for the next however many years uh you know i mean jt's extension comes up next year so we'll talk about that when we talk about that but i i want to see the jays at one i have never been a break up the jays guy never have been yeah. never will be um and I'm, I'll put my foot down on that. Like, even if like something awful happened, it, we're not breaking them up because yeah. we spent we lo- we lost two of my favorite players to get them. It's true. So we're never breaking them up. <laughs> yep. You don't lose KG and Paul, Paul Pierce, and then tell me four or five years down the road. Actually, no, we we got it yeah. wrong. Like, no, you're you're in. We're in. This is we ride it until they retire. Right. Celtics for life. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I I, I agree. I think it, uh, you know, I don't. I just don't think there's a return you can get for either of those players, even five years. Sorry if anybody hears that tapping. I'm, they're doing construction above my head, um, but I, I think that uh, there's no return that would really. But then again, I said the same thing about Marcus Smart. That there's no return that you could tell me for JB or JT that would compensate for that loss i just don't think there is even five years from now no no i mean i don't i agree with that i do put them at a higher uh value from marcus smart not in like it my whole heart goes out to marcus smart i don't have anything bad to say about him but talent wise jb and jt have now elevated to a level above him um, and I don't think you ever get a, retur- uh, a rate of return that matches one their potential or two their talent. Um, right. We can trade them when they're nearing forty. We can do the whole thing again. <laughs> we can just you know relive KG and Paul Pierce and just be like, all right, package them up. They're they're right. retiring in two years. Give me first round picks for the next twenty. Thanks. Yeah. And then we draft <laughs> the, the next JT and the next. And then JT. we get the next tandem. Yep. Exactly. And that's. We operate like that. We're going to be on banner like 25. Yeah. Exactly. Then 10 years. <laughs> right. Uh, another. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm glad we both agree. I'm glad I, I, I didn't know your true feelings on JB. So I'm glad that it's not button heads on this. <laughs> right. I'll forgive. You know, I... I'll forgive your recency bias back when it was happening. It's totally fine. We all get hot and heated. We all get on Twitter, Twitter fingers. I get it. I totally understand. Uh, it's true. But you've come around. You've learned. Uh, we've grown. I've, I've grown. I'm, I'm a new woman. I, you know. There you go. <laughs> took some time. I found myself. I found inner peace. And I love Jalen Brown again. <laughs> and that's what it's about. Juice, baby. Uh, juice. God, I love him. But. I think we have a different opinion. I might be wrong, but we might have a different opinion about one guy who did leave the Celtics. Mm. And that's Grant Williams. Uh, Grant Williams has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks for a bag of peanuts. Oh, no. Two second round picks. That's what it was. Um, What's your take on that? How does that make you feel? (sighs) I, I liked Grant Williams a lot. Mm-hmm. And I also, to me, it almost felt inevitable for some reason. I don't know why we sort of had this idea, this um, 
almost, almost like knowledge that he was going to be gone. It just seemed like he was a piece that was going to be dealt, and we didn't. Really it felt think guaranteed it. he was off the team. It it, it didn't it didn't really feel as significant in people's minds and, and obviously even when it happened you know you saw the the very stark difference between the reaction that happened with Marcus Smart and then the reaction that happened with Grant Williams I liked Grant Williams a lot I was disappointed to see him go I'll say that I was disappointed to okay. see him go but he certainly had his his weaknesses and his yep his shortcomings so I guess yep. that's where I'll stand. I'm not going to sit here. I didn't cry when Grant Williams left. I did cry when Marcus Smart left, but that's very on I, brand. I for shed me. a whole bunch of a man. A lot of man tears were shed the, for Marcus the, Smart. Yes, um, but I, you know, I didn't for Grant Williams. I didn't have the same connection to him. But I appreciated. There were times when it felt like he was one of the few guys that was really out there caring and hustling. But you know, like sure. I said. You, okay, see, this is, sure. this is where we're going to get into it. But so where I stand is I was sad to see him go. Um, but especially, you know, I don't know, but I'm interested to see where they go with this. But you're right, it did feel like for nothing, I mean, that we got rid of yeah. it. It was more just a get out, bye, here's the door. Bye, um, we don't want to pay you $20 million. We'll take two second round picks for it, thanks. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So why don't you 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 tell the world your your take on the Grant Williams situation? I have a very love hate relationship for Grant Williams. Uh, Grant Williams, I'll, I'll agree. He had games where he was like, "Oh damn, Grant, okay, like look at you go." Uh, and then there were a whole bunch of games that made me scratch my head and scream at the air and pull hair out and i'm like what are you doing like uh the famous i'm gonna make both uh, and then missing both of those free throws yeah it was hilarious when you're super invested in the celtics and it's a very key game against a division rival like yeah fine it's all good you can talk your talk uh and then you know even in the playoffs where we're up against jimmy buckets and he's having a bad game or a bad quarter and Grant makes a little play. Sure, he, he scored on he scored on Jimmy. Cool. Don't go it the poking the bear. He went right into his grill. Jimmy lives for that shit. He's like, oh, like I, I don't know what exactly he said. I think he, whatever. They were chirping. It was all in the yeah. in the love of the game, and it was all for fun and whatever. But he activated Jimmy Butler, and then we lost that game. Right. So, and like that's the that's the epitome of what. Grant Williams vibe was for the team. I feel like there was a lot of times where he did good for the team. And then there were times where he tried too hard to be the guy and would make mistakes and it would cost us a game. Uh, There was one game. I don't remember who against, but like Grant took the ball up as, as the primary ball handler. And I'm like, in what world? Like Joe didn't draw this up. Joe didn't draw this up. Your coach didn't tell you to go up there and just like be the point guard. And then he gets pinned in the corner tries to do a crossover, gets the ball stolen from him, falls on his ass. They dunk it like it's the game's over. I'm like, Grant, what are we doing here? So I I appreciated for for him for what he did and what he did right. Um, but I'm not going to miss the boo-boos. I'm not going to miss the bonehead plays. I'm not going to miss it's someone else's headache now. And- um 
what I will say as a person who wants to be as fair, obviously you're listening to this podcast, the meat man and I, we love Marcus Smart. But I'm going to be honest, the way that we're talking about Grant Williams is exactly how my brother, who's the biggest Celtics fan ever, talks about Marcus Smart and talked about, you know, making these missteps, taking these shots that he shouldn't have taken. Yep. So I, I, I no, don't agree right. with that. I think that's wrong. But, you know. No, in, there are in, a lot of people who, who came on Marcus Smart. Why are you shooting that three? And then he'd hit it. Exactly. And then they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. So exactly. And so I think that that's what, you know, you loved Grant Williams when he was the Grant Williams you wanted him to be, and you hated him when he exactly. wasn't. And so, I mean, I guess that, that you know, you're seeing – uh, the the duality of man here that we're talking about Marcus Smart like this, but that's because we're major Marcus Smart fans, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and we're, we're not biased. The, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the coin completely, and just being like, right. yeah, same bonehead mistakes that are not allowed by Grant Williams, but at yeah. the same time, Grant Williams was there for I think he's been with us for three or four years at this point, and now yeah. he's gone. We had Marcus for nine. And Marcus was also more of a leader and like Grant was more of a role player. So I think that also plays into like, if you have such limited minutes, you got to make them worth it. And that's where my, my anger and, and uh, frustration with Grant would always come up. It's like, you only get like, he was a did, uh, did not participate coach's choice. Like so many times, like Missoula was like, yeah, you're the doghouse. You got to sit. Right. And we would play, yeah. God knows, Luke Cornett instead of him, or right. Uh, I love Sam Hauser, but Sam Hauser was getting way more, way more minutes uh, because of Grant's, you know, tomfoolery. Uh, right. He's the Mavs' problem now, I, for his own sake and for his own being. You know, good luck, kid. You know, fix it. Get act right. Get right. Like that's totally fine. I. I'm glad I don't have the headaches anymore, though. And yeah. number 12 is available on the Celtics. So if anyone wants to rep Tom Brady, go do it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've talked about trades. We've talked about JB. And we kind of touched on the quote-unquote conversation about trading JB. And that brought up Dame Lillard. And I think we're going right. to switch to a more – NBA, like we said, we're not only a Celtics pod. We're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, it's the off season, so right now we just wanted to kick it off with a whole bunch of Celtics stuff. But as we go, as things you know grow and continue to happen, we're going to have more stories about you know Celtics, NBA, everything, basketball. Period. Uh, but Dame Lillard, after all these years, thirty-three years old, has been a Portland Trailblazer his whole career. Has been the penultimate guy of I'm here. I don't want to leave. I don't care if we win. We're going to try every year. Uh, Stop talking about it. If I leave, it's ring chasing. Uh, All of a sudden this summer changes his tune and requests a trade. And it was right after the draft and kind of leaves his team in a real shit position with what to do with that. Yep. Um, uh, let's just start with how in, in the 
grand scheme of things, are you a Dame supporter? Have, has it, has this action changed that? Uh... Yeah, I I would <laughs> I would say for me, and I think for a lot of people, the public opinion of Damian Lillard did a pretty big 180. First, he yeah. seemed like this guy that was going to stick it out for this team that had put faith in him and and devoted so much to him. And obviously, the pieces around him kept moving, but. It, it did feel like then overnight there was now, you know, I'm only going to Miami. I'm not going anywhere else. And obviously everybody probably by yeah. now <laughs> has seen the NBA's statement that they put out that really did not – at first people were like, maybe it's just rumors and that's not actually what happened. But the NBA didn't explicitly really deny. They, they sort of said, like, some of the things we heard were true. Some were not true. Um, yeah. or some of their, their stories were confirmed, Damian Lillard and his agent. So I think that that's like where I'm at now. It just feels like so much shifted. Yeah. I think he's, he's acting like a dink right now. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't feel like the Damian Lillard that I did always support and that I did always cheer right. for. Um, yeah, so it, it feels like a weird turnaround, but yeah, I'm not a Dame fan right now. I'm not happy with the way that things have gone, especially I think probably part of it is that it's the Heat, and we're not exactly yeah. Heat fans here. Yeah, well, um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it, it's weird how quickly public opinion shifted for good reason, I think. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's where I am. He's still, you know, he could still go back to being the Damien Lillard that I like, but this is certainly a, a, a stain on his reputation, I would say. If he goes to Miami, he'll never be the Damian Lillard that I used it's to true. like. That's he'll be my, my he'll be my brother's new favorite player. Brother, shout out go. to Thomas. He's a Miami Heat fan. We're a very interesting oh. dynamic. <laughs> uh, it was fun growing up with uh, KG and Paul Pierce versus LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh, and then Ray yep. Allen betraying us. But whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I'm right there with you, Dame Lillard. Uh, for the longest time. Heart and soul of Portland stood up to the media, really like backed Portland and being like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I heard like inklings. I heard whispers uh, that he, him and his camp really wanted them to trade the third overall pick and not draft another young guy. Dame's right. like, we need firepower now. Um, and then after the draft is really when all this trade talk, broke and started boiling up so I, I there might be truth in that i don't know uh but like you said it, it's a 180 from everything that he seems to have always stood for or been um and like you said like public opinion on him is low um and yep. for him i don't know if it was his call or his agent's call but either way it was dumb to start giving team phone calls and being like dame will not play for you like, if you want out of Portland, you should probably keep some doors open. <laughs> like, right. If you want to leave the team that you've been on forever and they have a lot invested in you and they are not required to trade you, you should probably leave a few doors open rather than being like, Miami's the only place we're going. Okay, well, then what? Are you retiring? Right. Like, what is the, what is the solution if you don't go to Miami? Portland doesn't like the assets they're offering. Miami doesn't want to trade the whole team to get Dame. Because, again, he's 33 and getting paid a lot of money. And, like, 
I'm not knocking Dame. He's a very talented player. He's extremely yes. talented. He's got clutch gene out the wazoo. Uh, yes. But to to ship the whole franchise to just like all eggs in one basket, like it's not a smart idea for Miami. And I get their hesitation and I get their want for him, but they have to look out for like, okay, three, four years down the line when Dame's done, what are we? Who are we? Who do we even have? Like, right. And they've already made mistakes. Like the signing of Duncan Robinson for that many years and that much money was a bad one. And like, hey, they're like, hey. oh, we'll give you Duncan for Dame. Hey, <laughs> go blue. Watch, watch the uh, Duncan Robinson okay. slander. Not only is he a Michigan main kid, he's a main kid, but he also went to Michigan. So he and I were... We we have similar character arcs, but I understand where you're coming from. That it well, wasn't you a lot don't of money nearly look. You don't look as much as uh, like Timmy Turner as he does. So yeah, that's true. He you you got that going for you. That's true. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, respect to Duncan because he came off the couch, wasn't in the NBA, and then they paid him a bag. Like, good for you, guy. But you, your team is. In cap hell because of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, obviously, Portland doesn't want that. Uh, you know, I don't know how many years left on Duncan's contract, but it's a lot of money uh, and not an equal trade for Damian Lillard. Right. Um, I don't see them moving Bam. I don't see them moving Jimmy. Well, no. Yeah. Tyler Hero, maybe. But, like, again, then you're loading up on old and win now and that's not what pat riley does pat riley tries to keep consistent pat riley had udonis haslam on the books for like 40 years Literally. okay like pat pat riley <laughs> builds a team and tries to keep those guys there as long as he can and try and build a unit that's going to become a di- like pat riley wants nothing more than a dynasty yeah. um D Wade and LeBron, you know, got a couple rings, but they did not do the five, six, seven, however many <laughs> rings, that whole thing. That didn't right. happen. So Pat Riley's still chasing that dynasty thing. He saw the Golden State Warriors do it, and yep. he knows it's possible. So why are you going to give up everything? You're going to sell the farm for Damian Lillard at 33, who's going to retire in three, four years? Like, I don't right. get it. I'm, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get what the angle for Dame or his agent is. I'm baffled by the whole situation because I don't know how it gets resolved. Awkwardly. <laughs> like, it's going to be awkward. No matter what. Really? Like, I mean, I guess it's your best case scenario for, like, him and, you know, for him, I'm going to go in his camp, <laughs> is that he ends up in Miami, where he clearly wants to be. And then, you know, Miami fans are happy that they have him. I mean, that's the other question is, do Miami fans want that, really? I mean, Well, I get first it. off, Miami doesn't really have fans until the playoffs, so. Oh, nice. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I have never seen anyone in whatever. I think it was FTX, but now they're under. So it's, is it American Airlines again? I don't know, but I don't, I've never I don't seen so. anyone in that arena during the fourth quarter <laughs> of a regular season Yeah, game. I mean, 
That's fair. Um, but I cut you me. off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. no, um, I, uh, I was going to say that, like, so, I mean, I guess that, yes, then Miami will have a guy who clearly really wanted to be there. But, yep. I mean, that's, that's just one scenario out of, in theory, 30 different scenarios that could happen. But also, who's going to be around? Like, who's going to be the supporting cast? If you have to trade for Dame, who's going to be? Uh, you got Dame, Bam, Jimmy. Okay, that's a lot of money. You keep If you keep Tyler Hero in that move, that's also a lot of money. Yep. And then what? You get like four or five guys on veteran minimums and hope to God that you could just, you know, get some good minutes out of people. That, does that win a championship? I don't I mean, think that's so. Everybody's looking over at, at the Mavs, and I guess now they've added Grant Williams, but similar Ooh. depth <laughs> issues. I know, yeah, he's going to turn it around. Um, but similar depth issues, um, you don't want to, if you're a Miami fan, you don't want to see that happen to your team. And no. especially when you've had success with your with your supporting cast for the most part. Um, no, like the supporting cast is what, I mean, I know that uh, Gabe Vincent left. And yeah. uh, I think Caleb Martin's still there. But Max Struess, oh, no, Max Struess left. Caleb Martin is still there. But Max Struess, Caleb Martin, and Gabe Vincent are, before this playoff series, quote-unquote nobodies to a yeah. lot of people who watch the NBA. And they are who killed the Celtics in yeah. that series. Like, yes, mm -hmm. Jimmy went off. Yes, Bam played defense and played, like, some good games. But those guys shot the lights out. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And, like, that was that's lightning in a bottle. You can't just hope that, you know, you get these guys who are on veteran minimums or, like, league middle of the uh, – what is it? MLEs, uh, mid-league exceptions. Like, you can't hope that that's going to happen every time. And right. I don't – I. If I'm Miami, I, I hang up the phone. I just go, hey, we were we were just in the finals. We were just in the finals. Yeah. Why are we going to sell everything to get one guy? Says right. the Celtics fan who just lost Marcus Smart in a couple key pieces. It's true. To get one guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but it, it's a totally valid criticism if you're looking at a guy who... I guess actually now probably you know Heat fans are gonna come at us because they're like well well Porzingis or Dame fans Porzingis is also injury he's injury prone the same yeah. way that Dame is old you know whatever yeah. like all right I get it but I think that I just think it's more costly for the Heat to do that with with the team that they have um, no I I agree a hundred percent I think that they are better situated retooling and reloading rather than scrapping the whole thing that got you to the, the finals. Like you, right. you were there, you played against Jokic and Murray. It wasn't yep. a great series, but you, you were there. <laughs> yeah. But you, you were there. We so. weren't there. You guys beat the crap out of us for three games and then game seven beat the crap out of us. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> if, if I'm a Miami fan, which I'm not, but if I was, I'm not, I, I'm not a, I'm not hoping that Dame comes because I think that it's too expensive. It's too much, too much hoopla, too much yeah. everything. 
That's totally. Fair. And then you get, and then you're gonna have everyone in uh, Portland forever hate Miami, which I don't think Miami fans care that people hate them or hate their right. team. I think they kind of thrive off that. But Portland, I don't know if that city will ever do a deal with Miami again if this happens. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that. I don't know. I don't know. There's no really good resolution. I think now the position, especially with the NBA coming out and basically calling out Damian Lillard and his agent. Yeah. Telling them to shut the the, fuck up. I also forgot about that, but there's rumor that the whole thing could get vetoed. True. They could do a whole CP3 thing where CP3 was supposed to go to the Lakers and then it got vetoed by the league. There's talk that they would do that with Damian Lillard going to Miami. And if that happens, I the chaos that will ensue. It's going to be insane. Yep. <laughs> like the amount of like ass kissing and uh, making up that Dame and his camp will have to do with Portland and those fans. Oh, my God. Uh, it would be so ugly. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's if I'm a Portland fan, I'm pissed that this guy that I feel like we put a lot of faith into and he did. I'm not discrediting that. He stuck around not through at all. some hard times. And and if For you sure. can then after that go with grace, you know, I, I think that the, the, the biggest, I of course am biased, I look to Russell Westbrook and his departure from Oklahoma City was very much at a time he gave the city everything. It's why Russell Westbrook goes back to OKC and people cheer, whereas people Kevin cheer, Durant yep. goes back to, to OKC and people boo yep. their asses <laughs> You know, and, and we, we see that too. You know, like we would never cheer for Kyrie when he comes back. It, it, never. <laughs> it's just like you can leave a place with grace or you can leave it looking like an asshole. And, and he's now Correct. put himself in a position where he's going to leave it looking like an asshole. But, like, it's, like, at the most astronomical, unseen-before level. And I guess this is, like, it probably could have happened. No, actually, no. It probably could not have happened because this is the era where, like, loyalty is so rare. Where you get very few guys who stay on the team that drafted them. You get very few guys who commit to a team for a decade plus. And, you know, that hats off. It was always hats off to Dame for that. And right. it's so weird to me that now, at this point, something finally broke. And I'm like, yeah. it's a, it's another one. Of, I'm not putting him in Kevin Durant's rank of right. snake assholeness. Uh, yeah. But it's taint, it's tainting. It, it, yeah. It's weird. It, it, it has changed so many people's opinions on him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't wait to see how it gets resolved. I don't know how it's going to get resolved. I don't know. Uh, like, I, yeah. There's so there's so many scenarios. Like, either he goes to Miami and they give up the farm and he plays for Miami, or he goes to Miami and then the league vetoes it, or right. he stays in Portland, or there's some magical third team that comes out of nowhere and you know swoons him and gets the perfect deal. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. And I don't think Dame knows. And I think no. that's the craziest part is that he just completely and like, yeah, good for you, bud. You bet on yourself. Yes, but you he did. burned way too many bridges in the in the in the, the way of like there was just such a different way to go about it. Yeah, you burned like did. 31. You burned 31 yeah, bridges. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, 
I'm going to leave it at that with the whole day. Like we will see the, we'll fight, the yeah. time. We got plenty of time till October. This will play out one way or another. And I can't wait any which way, unless it's just like the most amicable. It ends up after all this drama just be, ends up being amicable. I'm going to be like, Oh, all that for nothing. <laughs> yep. I think we covered all the major bases and had good discussion on all of it. Yeah, the only other thing I that you put down was Paul Pierce versus D Wade, which was for some reason a conversation people were having on Twitter because they were bored. Yeah, I've moved past it. It was just a Twitter thing. I thought it was, was. going to be a bigger thing, and and then and then it just fizzled away. So. It was just weird. It was like a weird one day. Some guy. I'm gonna. Just, no, I'm gonna some, start doing that. I'm just gonna tweet something absolutely ridiculous. Tweet. Something that I know is gonna exactly. get two fan, two fan bases who absolutely hate each other really fired up for no reason, and that I have nothing to for do nothing. with. Nothing. Like, and then you leave. Be, <laughs> and I'm just gonna walk out and see what happens. Next thing I know, it's gonna be just trending. Drops tweet. Yeah, just drops a bomb. Chaos ensues. That's it. Oh man, no, like I, yeah, I don't get that. I, they were both great. Then they could both be great, and we. Who would win more rings? We're... What are we? What are we doing? You oh, know. How do we do that? How do we even? How do you even think that we can do that? Yeah. If Paul Pierce played with LeBron, would he have more rings? Maybe. I don't Probably. know. If Dwayne Wade played with uh, KG, would he have more rings? I don't know. Like, I, how do you even talk about it? <laughs> right. Well, we find how a way on Twitter. I hate. I. But that's what I hate about like the sports Twitter in general. It's just like these weird. What if this guy was on this team? I'm like, well, then yeah. everything in the league would be different. So, right. <laughs> like, what if he was drafted at number two? Okay, then everyone else's number changes too. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> it's a butterfly effect. It, who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll leave it at that with Dame. I think that we'll leave it at that with the Celtics talk. Um. I want to shout out everyone for tuning in and listening to us for however long this has been going. Thank you very much. Uh, like I said, green is hell behind the ears, but Stop. Celtics are green. <laughs> Celtics are green, so it's okay to be that way. Uh, right. Grace, thank you for, you know, one, co-hosting and two, being my shaman through this whole process. Hey, uh, what uh, can I say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Michigan, drink. <laughs> yeah, go blue. I went to Michigan. I uh. never bring it up. This is my bit. You all know it. Um, yeah, it, it, that will be a going thing. So if you got one, cheers to you, Michigan, drink. Uh, yep. I just want to shout out the pod. This is cross-court coverage. We are an NBA slash Celtics podcast. Uh, we're going to be coming to you Sundays. Uh, we're going to record whenever we record, but you're going to get it Sunday. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at NBA cross court. That is at symbol NBA cross court. Uh, and you can follow grace. Grace, throw your ad out there. Your handle G Rob's underscore Boston. Oh, what happened to all those numbers? I know what happened to all those numbers. I got bullied (laughs) out of them. Well, my at has some numbers, so let's see if I get bullied out of that. Uh, you can follow me, my personal. I, you know, talk about sports and everything else uh, at the Meat Man two five three on Twitter. Uh, again, the show is at NBA Cross Court. Uh, 
we would be we would be nothing without our wonderful friends at Primetime Productions. If you want to follow nothing. them, their username yes. on Twitter is at Primetime Prods. Yes, Primetime Prods, P R O D S. And um, give give a listen to all the incredible podcasts that are all popping of up over there. Um, I think they got four or five different ones going right now. I mean, like we're just joining a crew of heavy hitters. Uh, I'm blessed to be just part of this. I love it. Thank you, Primetime. Thank you, anyone listening. Uh, check out All Goals, No Misses. Grace covers hockey over there with uh, our friend Lauren. Uh, check out Only Bruins. Check out Drop the Mitts. Check out Two Pad Stacks. Two Pad Stack. I added an S. I do that a lot. <laughs> uh, two Pad Stack. Check out Something Brewing. Uh, all every all of them, great pods. Uh, all hockey coverage right now. We're the first one breaking out to a new sport on with with prime time. So we're we're paving yeah. the way, I guess. But uh, there's been talk of you know, football and baseball and not just team specific, but league covering podcasts and articles. So uh, we're along for the ride, and we're yeah. excited. I'm just happy Absolutely. to be part of it. Uh, thank you, everyone. Go Celtics or go fuck yourself. <laughs> True. <laughs>